The Adventures of Two Boss Babes, Navigating How to Be Modern Women. You know you love them. XOXO, Boss Babes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of XOXO Boss Babes. I'm your host, B, And I'm your host, TA. And tonight, we're talking about all things divorce. We got tons of questions for you, tons of feedback that you're wanting to hear about our particular divorces. So we're going to talk about everything about our divorces. We're going to talk about divorce in general and just how important it is for women to become independent and self-sufficient. And I truly believe that there is a life after divorce. I think that so many women go through this process and it can just be so tiring and stressful, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, but I also feel like we have gotten to the end of our tunnel for the most part. And so it's easier said than done. If you are going through divorce right now and you want to shoot us just hearing that, I totally understand because there has definitely been some dark days. It wasn't always easy. And I just have so much sympathy for people going through divorce. It is a nasty process. It can be made to be even nastier depending on who you're divorcing or who you're dealing with. And it is ex- expensive and uh you know what they say you know why divorce is expensive because it's worth it <laughs> so just keep that in mind people that is true right I definitely um now that I am on the other side I just know in my heart and my soul it was the right thing to do and to be honest if people go do you have any regrets my regret is I didn't do it sooner and I know that can be potentially hard to to hear, especially for the other party or whatnot. But just at the end of the day, I think there are a lot of people that are in marriages right now that they know in their soul it's not making them happy and they want to leave, but they don't have the courage. And that was me for so long. And so for me personally, I just say that my regret is not doing it sooner. I would have to definitely agree with you on that. When I look back at the process and the years, Um, My biggest regret was that I didn't nip this in the bud five years ago. And I remember when you were going through the divorce and I remember saying to you, like, you have been so strong and you've had the courage and I'm just so proud of you because even though it was really hard for you and even how you said, like, you wish that you would have done it sooner, once your mind was was made up, you were like, no, I need to rip the bandaid off and I need to deal with this head on. There wasn't any backpedaling around when I feel that that was what was different between you and I is I just let it linger and linger and linger and I was so afraid and I wasn't able to actually, like, stand up and face it head on like I would now. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I think you definitely went back and forth a lot more than I did and and had some of those lingering effects. For me, I went back and forth my mind. But once my mind was made up and I got the courage to do it, you're right. For me, the, the cord was cut. You did, yeah. And so, yeah, our experiences were definitely different that way. And I will say that what's been interesting for me going through this process is that All of a sudden, all of these people that I know, whether it be at work or in my personal life, have these similar stories that they're stuck in these loveless marriages. They're they're miserable, but they don't want to leave for for all kinds of reasons. Reasons we talked about last week with E, um, money, kids, whatever that may be. And so it's sort of depressing to hear from me how many people are stuck in marriages um, and they're not happy. And I just really hope that people are trying to find true happiness because it does exist and 
I will say that it's so it's so important not to settle and it's so freeing to be in a relationship with yourself that you're fully satisfied or a relationship with a man or a woman or whoever you love that fully satisfies you and lets you be yourself and you feel like an equal and I, I just there there you can't put a price on that so absolutely it, it that's what I found interesting with divorce is how many people came out of the woodwork that they too were miserable but no one talks about it people have this fake life we talked about it in our first episode about Instagram and how it's such a highlight reel and you think like oh my god they had the best marriage I heard that about me and my ex we were like oh my god we never would have thought and again you have to remember that Instagram is such a highlight reel and you think that people have these perfect cushy lives and then if you peel back the layers or the curtains you really realize that there's so much more to the story and I it's been very interesting to see what people have to say it is and I think that divorce it's such this taboo topic and like you said Instagram is a highlight reel but behind the scenes real life is taking place and it is not always pretty with a filter it can be raw and I know that when I used to run into you and your ex-husband in the grocery store I used to think like oh look at them they're such a cute couple and I've you know known B for so long I'm so happy that she's happy and they're getting their oranges and their apples and then when you actually sat down and shared with me some of the things that were going on my mouth dropped because I was like what like you never would have guessed I would have never have guessed and I had heard that so much about me as well people would see me with like my dog my my ex-husband was a very good-looking man and they would just automatically assume like you have a beautiful home you both have nice jobs you're able to travel you come from good families like you have nice things you have this glamorous life and you're posting all these pictures but inside I felt like I was like screaming in a room of people and and, no one could hear and you. no one could hear me and I was suffocating day in and day out and so it just really just goes to show you that um, perception is the reality people just take a look at you and they think like oh they got it all together they're so happy and deep down inside you're suffering with these demons yeah no that's a really good point and it's funny you say that because yeah you you definitely did run into us a few times back when we weren't as close and it was no different than me. I always looked at you and your ex and thought, oh my God, wow, she has her little KitchenAid mixer. She's probably making him cookies. Like they're well, this I was fit. doing those things. <laughs> yeah, but not by choice. No. <laughs> because we were being told. But that's a whole nother topic. Um, we want to get into divorce. And as TA mentioned, it is a taboo topic. And we sort of want to break down those barriers and talk about all things divorce. Um, I know that there are statistics saying that divorce rate is going down. And that's an amazing thing. Why that is, I don't know. When when in my world right now, it seems like so many people are stuck in these loveless marriages, so it's interesting, but they're not divorced yet, so maybe people are holding off. It's too expensive. They're waiting for kids to um, get older before the divorce, so that could be part of the reason. Statistically, they say the reason is, is people are getting married later in life, so they've already got their wild ways out of their system. They've had fun with different people. They've started their careers. They know themselves better before they choose a mate and then they are getting married later in life and so yeah I agree that that can have something to do with it for me personally I got married at the age of 27 which I don't think is 
super young. No, it's not. It's it was not. a normal in age. Day, in this day of, of the world that we live in, it, it's considered a, a decent age. How old were you when you got married? I was 23, just about to turn 24. Yeah, yeah. see, so to me, that's so young. It, yeah, it was young. And when I look back on that time in my life, did I ever think, and my ex-husband was seven years older than me, so he was almost 30, and did I ever think that you know, all these years later at the age of 35 and he's now 42 that we would be divorced never in a million years. No, I mean, I definitely for myself thought that I would have two kids by now in a house with a white pick fence. And, you know, I think a lot of people when I first said that I was that I had left and I was getting um, when I was separated, they were shocked because I did have some of those things. I traveled a lot. I had I did have a really nice home. Um, We were actually in the process of potentially buying a new, nicer home. Um, You know, we had nice cars, nice jobs. And so a lot of people looked at it. But for me, it just wasn't about the money. For me, it was about true happiness. And at the end of the day, both of us weren't getting what we wanted from the relationship or needed from the relationship. It certainly wasn't one-sided. And and it usually isn't right you know there's his version my version and then the truth lies somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. and and at the end of the day I do want him to be happy and healthy and and meet someone new that makes him happy like that is what I want for him for me the the thing that finally made me make that decision was I knew that I was never going to have kids with him because I knew that there'd be a good chance that I'd be nine months pregnant and miserable and I didn't want to have kids involved in a divorce. I didn't. And so it wasn't fair for me to stay married knowing how badly he wanted to be a father. Right. And I think that that is something that is very telling um, because... I always wanted to have a family and one of the reasons why me and my ex-husband never had children is there were so many situations and we will talk about this later on that he put me in that were unsafe not responsible and just downright he was treating me mean and I remember in certain instances instances thinking oh my goodness if I was pregnant and I would have to deal with this or if I had babies at home and I had to deal with this what kind of example is this showing my children that it, it is okay to, to be treated like this and then this is their father and what is that example and that was one reason that we never had children either yeah absolutely and I mean I don't necessarily think that we're going to get into total nitty gritty details tonight no. of what led to the divorce Not tonight, no. um I just you know that's for a future podcast if, we, if we're comfortable enough I think right now what we want to talk about is is really about divorce in general and you know what what we had to do to rise up afterwards to be the women we are today and it, it didn't happen overnight and you know divorce is hard it's very hard it's hard on everybody Um, for me, the toughest part was seeing how hard it was on the families. We had really close intertwined families and, you know, my heart broke for my family who was suffering. You know, I had made the decision in my head a long time ago, but for them, it was a new decision. And so, you know, you feel badly that people are so attached to the idea of the two of you together. Um, and so it's, it's very hard. The other piece that I think you can speak to more is lawyers. 
Lawyers oh, suck. They do. Sorry it if is. you're a lawyer. Yeah. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lawyers are just, if I could look back and do it again, I would go a completely different route because not only was it time and a lot of money, but the stress that it put on myself, my family, and even the stress that it put on um, my ex-husband, I actually think it affected him more than it did me at the end of the day when everything was settled and said and done, it was not worth it. No, and I was very fortunate, and I guess this is part of where I will talk a little bit because I do feel like some people need advice. And there are different options, and you have to know your options. If you are someone that's thinking of a divorce, my biggest piece of advice for you would be to be prepared. Um, I was prepared to an extent, but you really have to be prepared and you have to know your rights before you leave the family home. If the minute you leave the family home, you've given up your right to that family home until the settlement process has completed. So if you have left on your own will, unless that person gives you permission to come back, you are not allowed access to the family home. So if you're going to be leaving, you want to leave with your stuff. Um, The other piece to it is if you have shared custody of a child, or in my case, a dog, the minute you give up your rights to that custody or you give up only a certain portion of time, that is the set standard until a separation agreement can come into place. So I know for TA, for example, she also has a little dog, her ex gave her the custody and so he wasn't able to change his mind down the road it was too bad so sad so those are things that you do have to consider before you make those final decisions and then you need to know your options so there are different options there are options of going to mediation which is typically a free um support that the city provides um the government provides you can google it look into it however it doesn't apply to everyone i think you you particularly have to have certain income thresholds and you have to have pretty straightforward divorce the third thing that you can do is you or second thing you can do sorry is you can go to um mediation with lawyers. So collaborative law, where two lawyers work together collaborating, it's a lot cheaper than lawyers. And then the third thing is you can lawyer up. And unfortunately, a lot of that t- the time, that's what happens. And it's very, very costly. And then there's a fourth option that we didn't even talk about, which is what I was lucky enough to do, which is you go on and you do a separation agreement yourself and you get it notarized and it is binding. So those are sort of the options you have and you need to know your options. You do. And I think that emotions are just running so high in these situations. And so when you do go to find your options, because a lot of the time you can go to a lawyer and sit down with them for half an hour or an hour for free. They don't charge you. So when you go in there and they start laying everything out to you and they start telling you what you're entitled to, they om- like they do this for a living. So they almost are taking a little bit of advantage in 
you know, in your for naivety, <laughs> like if you're naive, yeah. totally. And they know that your relationship is vulnerable. They know that there's already problems, and so they to- totally take advantage of that. And so I feel they just kind of give you all this information, and then you walk away, and you think that you don't have options. And the next thing you do is, in my instances, you pay four thousand dollars, and you retain a lawyer, and then they serve your ex with papers. Then they have to retain a lawyer, and it starts this evil battle of a process and they're sitting there in their office like mr burns like putting their fingers getting together their money <laughs> totally and it's so expensive and i think the people the questions that i've got that's been so mind-blowing to people is if you your lawyer charges by the hour so if you send them an email a one-liner like what times are appointment on wednesday that lawyer's assistant likely is responding but they charge at the lawyer rate. So that lawyer, let's say, makes, I don't know, $400 an hour. So, but they bill in sections of 15 minutes. So even though it took them two seconds to respond to that email, you're getting charged 15 minutes, which at $400 an hour is freaking $100. So you've just paid $80, $100 for a freaking one sentence question. So, you really, really have to be careful, but then at the same time, you want to be kept in the loop and you're constantly having to chase down. I know, TA, that was your experience that you were constantly having to chase down your freaking lawyer that you've paid so much money for. It was, and I will be honest with all of our listeners out there, it cost me around $25,000, and at the end of the day, I was the one that came to my ex-husband with a deal and we settled. And even after that, on our verbal agreement, I had to constantly chase down my lawyer to put that verbal agreement into place. It, it is so mind-boggling when you actually break down the process of the financial stress and the toll that it actually puts on you as an individual and you as, as a family. And $25,000 for the record, did you say 20 or 20? 25,000. Okay, so $25,000 for the record is actually not expensive for the typical lawyer because you have to think about it. TA has no kids. So that lawyer didn't have to negotiate custody. They didn't have to negotiate who gets the kids and when. They didn't have to negotiate child support. So all of those things that are extra negotiating in time, that's extra money. This was a very clear-cut non-complicated now that's not to say that parties not ta made it complicated but it's (laughs) it wasn't a typical they were self-employed owned a business they had three kids one had disabilities like the more complicated your scenario is the more expensive the divorce is going to be so prepare yourself for that and not everyone has an account that has money sitting in it that can help pay for the divorce no a lot of people end up taking out loans lines of credit putting it on their credit cards to pay for to pay for these things and like when you're saying with me like no I don't have children and so um child support didn't have to be negotiated but for $25,000 the amount of work that my lawyer did when I take a look I'm like I could have been a lawyer at this point because I was the one that pretty much did everything yeah totally you could have been the associate at least he could make money like he showed up that day in court that was like the only thing that he actually did and half the time he sat there and I was the one that was doing the talking Mm mm-hmm 
So for me, I definitely said the hardest part for me was how hard it was on my family. But at the same time, I didn't have to deal with a lawyer. Um, I was very lucky that my ex and I were not completely, but very amicable with each other through it. And we both didn't want to spend the time, the energy, the emotional welfare on it. And so I'm very, very lucky. Um, But not everyone has that blessing. I think I had a bit of a bargaining chip in order to go down that road, in which case when I look at my ex and things that I was probably entitled to and I walked away from for the hopes that we could have a clean break, he is very lucky. And not not everyone has that bargaining chip, right? So when you look at your divorce, TA, what do you think was the hardest part for you? I think the hardest part for me was actually seeing how evil um, my ex-husband was and the fact that we had been married for almost 10 years and I was being civil and I was being fair. I was walking away from a lot because in my situation for so many years, I either only worked a part-time job or I didn't work at all. And that was at the encouragement and the want of my husband or my ex-husband. So because of that present day, they take all of that into consideration for income wise. And so because I had given up precious years to build my career and to be able to advance my career, to stay at home and to be the stay at home wife that my husband had wanted, now I was in a position where my career had been set back. And so my ex-husband, he didn't want to even give me 50% of my home. It wasn't that he didn't want to pay. Just nuts. Like it's not that he wanted to pay didn't want to pay me spousal support. And I just have to add in that I was the one that put the down payment on the home. So, and he didn't even want to give me 50%. And I think those were the really hard things for me because I couldn't believe that I had spent so many precious years of my life with this man who I did at at one point, I loved him so much. And even though things are, are done now, I'm not in love with him, but I have a love for him. I want him to be happy. I never want to hear that anything has ever happened to him and I don't wish any ill will against him. So the fact that he was treating me so evil and horrible, that was really hard for me to grasp. And you mentioned in the beginning when we started talking is just how like you need to know your rights. And so if you do own a home together and you leave your home willingly, that you now give up your rights to your things and that you even have to ask to go back. And I think one of my biggest things was, and we can kind of laugh at it now, but that when I went to go back, my husband had bolted up all the doors, so I couldn't even get in the house. He had like hotel latches on. That's crazy. Which is crazy. And I think so that was probably one of the hardest things that I had to deal with is just like, I can't believe that you are going to be so downright evil and sit in a courtroom and stare me face to face and pretty much say like, you're not even entitled to 50% of the house, which your name is on. We've been married for X amount of years. And also that he was trying to kind of haggle his way out of how many years we had been married because he didn't want to have to pay. He didn't want me to have any kind of support or any gain from the sale of the home. So he was trying to cut back the amount of years that we were married by four years where I was like, this is what it is. Which is nuts. Like, is how nuts. do you say you're not married? You're legally married. Well, he... He was crazy. It was crazy. (laughs) But I think, like, that goes back, you know, you talked about how you didn't work a lot and Mm -hmm. you worked Mm part-time and and that was at his request. And it was because he was a traditionalist. We talk about that, um, you know, we want to be modern women and I don't need a man and all that theory and stuff. But um, he wanted that traditional homemaker 
wife. He wanted you to look good and bake cookies. He wanted you to have dinner on the table when he got home from work. He wanted you to have the house cleaned. Isn't it true that he used to look for dust? Oh, he did. He wanted that traditional 50s era wife. And you're right. He would come home and I would spend my whole day cooking and cleaning and grocery shopping and and trying to please this man and no matter what I had done in the house he was just never happy with and he would come home and he would like run his hand along the mantle and like show me his finger and be like well thanks for doing you know x y and z but you forgot to do the dust I'm going out and just leave me at home and he used to say to me if you loved me you would iron my shirts so then suddenly Like, it's Which so doesn't it sound like, so crazy now that you're outside of it and totally. you've had a lot of time to reflect and totally. you're like, this is nuts. Well, it is. And the, the crazy thing is, too, is that I, I look if back. If you loved me, you'd iron my shirt. Right? Like, <laughs> I look back and, like, I was like, okay. Okay, like, I do love you, so like, I'll iron your shirt. <laughs> that's exactly what I did. Like, okay, master, would you like me to rub your feet, too? Like, what <laughs> else do you want from me? Oh so um, he definitely... D- and. And that's where a little bit of the conflict came in between the two of us because eventually I started standing up for myself and he didn't like that. He used to always say to me, you have gained an independent spirit. And I was kind of like, well, actually, yeah, like, I, yeah have. I have, like, I'm, this is not right. Like I am going to stand up to you. And th- the thing is, is that I love to cook and I love to clean and I love to be that provider and that doting housewife. It's not that I'm just, you know, I am like a modern woman and I like making my own money and having all my passions and and pursuing it and living my own life and doing my own things. And that's one side of me. And then the other side, I'm like, I love to be at home baking my cookies and a pot of soup on. And like, I love to iron at the same time, but I like to do it for a man that is truly appreciative, not someone who is like demanding me. Like he was like a warden. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was afraid of him. And which is, which is sad. And and we're going to talk about, um, you know, mental abuse and physical abuse on an upcoming episode, because I, they say that one in three women has ha- has dealt with some sort of physical, mental, emotional, or sexual abuse. And certainly we both have, have dealt with abuse and, and we want to talk about it because again, mm-hmm. like divorce, it's sort of one of those topics that is, that's shied away from that people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. I know with the Me Too movements, it's certainly becoming more of a less taboo of a topic, but we have our own experiences and we want to share them with you guys. But yeah, you were you were scared. You you felt like you had a role to play and you had to play the role. Absolutely. And I felt as well that if I had so many people, like when you were talking about how one of the hardest things for you was family because you had already made up in your mind a long time ago, but for your family, this had just come to them out of nowhere. And so they needed the process to grieve. And I had family and then I had a whole other community of religion that I had to to consider when I was making these decisions and so you know I was afraid I was scared and I think something that I take away from it now is that like divorce does not mean that you failed and I think that it, it really means that you have the strength to stand up for yourself and to say no more especially when you are in a situation when you are not being treated right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we're talking about divorce, but I think for me, there there's a bit of an elephant in the room in the sense that, yes, we're, we're not talking exactly what caused and what led to our divorce. We're giving you little hints here and there. Um, but for me, I think back to women's intuition. Mm-hmm. You know, y- women have this 
God-given intuition inside of them that it's like a spidey sense. We can't explain it, but we get these gut feelings and we know something is not right. And I really, for myself, one of my goals in 2018 and that will continue into 2019 is to really trust my gut, trust my instinct. One, you can't live your life for anyone else but yourself. Life is so damn short. And if you are living your life for someone else, you're going to look back one day and know and think that you wasted so much time. And time is so precious. And I think now to now that I'm in a place where I am so happy. And if I were going to, I don't even want to think about how many days I wasted when I could have been as happy as I am today. So life is so short. And the second thing is, I knew there were red flags before I ever walked down that aisle. And it's funny because, you know, they make fun of movies like Runaway Bride and and these things where people are left at the altar. But as hard and as painful that must have been for those people who were left at the altar who had to leave, that took courage to say, you know what, I wish I had noticed this sooner or listened to my gut sooner, but I'm having the courage now to walk away. It is not easy to make that decision. It is not easy. It wasn't easy to leave. It wasn't easy to make the decision when I finally did leave. So it definitely takes courage and guts and it's not an easy process, but my biggest piece of advice is trust your gut. If you're in a relationship right now that doesn't feel right, there is something better out there, whether it be a relationship, but most importantly, and I think TA could even speak on this more than I could, it's so important to be happy with yourself. You have to have your independence. You have to be able to stand on your own two feet. Yes, you need to get comfortable with being alone, and I cannot tell you enough how much when you get to that place that it will empower you. And you, and regardless, like even if you are in a relationship, you need you need to be able to stand on your own on your own two feet and it is something that is so scary and one reason that i never left when when i should have is i was so afraid and so scared to be on my own and at the end of the day it was honestly from the bottom of my heart the best thing for me the best thing that i ever did and it has just been an amazing journey being you know on my own and really learning to love myself and have that relationship of love for myself first before getting into another relationship with somebody else and we speak about these red flags and trusting your you know gut and a very very good friend of mine she's um, an older lady in her 70s um, who is just such a wonderful um, soul once told me that the reason they say it's a gut feeling is because your gut has already figured out what your mind has not been able to piece together. And I cannot stress to you enough or tell you how many times in my life, whether it have to be with a relationship, family, in in any instance where I have felt that feeling, and if I've never actually followed through with it, I was always proven later on. I was like, I knew I should have listened to, to my gut. And so... That is something that I've really had to take into account. And when something doesn't feel right, there's a reason. And when there are certain things in a relationship or certain behaviors that you start to see and like, look, we're not perfect. 
we all are going to have bad days. We're all gonna be in a mood. We're all gonna maybe say something to the other person, whether it's a, re- a friendship or a relationship that hurts the other person. It, that's natural, we're, we're human, we're imperfect. But when those things are starting to happen constantly and that behavior is there constantly, whether it is abusive speech or drinking, and we can get into that later, those are things that you really need to take a look at because not only are those actions, those are true telling of what a person is like inside as a human being and those things you cannot change and they will continue into your relationship and they will now become big problems. Look, marriage is very hard. And at the end of the day, it takes work. And for me, yeah, you're right. People are flawed. People make mistakes. I made mistakes. But you have to be willing to work and willing to change. And if only one party or no parties are willing to put in the work, it will never work out. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to work. Marriage is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, For me, maybe even harder than divorce. Um, Maybe not for some people because their divorce is going way nastier than mine. But marriage takes work. It takes a lot to make a relationship work. And I think, you know, a good topic for a future podcast is you know, how do you make a marriage work? Because right now in the the generation and the era that we're all living in, there people are so accessible, right? Like, you know, they talk about the effects of social media on mm-hmm. marriages and they talk about the effects on, on accessibility. I mean, back in the day when people are getting married, there were maybe a hundred people in their town and you choose your favorite one, but you had no exposure to careers, to to other people, to social media, all of these different things, right? So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think in absolutely if your marriage is workable, the first thing you have to ask yourself is, are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to a degree to make it work? You are? Check. You can move forward. The second thing you have to ask is, is your partner willing to do whatever it takes and to put in the work? And unfortunately, in my case, no, he wasn't. Um, and that's just never going to work. The The third thing you have to do is what are you going to do differently? And maybe that's counseling. Maybe that's spending more not drinking. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's spend, spending more time together. Is that what you said? Yes, Absolutely. Um, maybe that's spending more time with family. Whatever it is, that is the problem in, in your marriage. But it takes work. It's not people who say they're extremely happy one good for them but two they're probably not always happy and they also probably dedicate a lot of time and energy into making their partner and their marriage happy that's what i in the happiest marriages that i have seen they really understand what makes each other tick their love language so to speak i don't know if you guys um have read the book by gary chapman but It's called the five love languages and it basically talks about everyone shows love in five languages, Um, receiving gifts, quality time, 
words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. And so the marriages that I've seen that are successful are marriages that they understand what makes the other person tick, they understand what they have to do to make that person feel love, but more importantly, they put the time and the effort into the marriage to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that when I look back on, and I'm, I'm using my marriage as an example, is it does take a lot of work. and you do have to be willing. You need to be willing to put that work in and you need to be willing to make changes. And in my instance, for five or six years, I was constantly working and working and working at the marriage. And when it came to a head, my ex-partner realized, oh no, she's serious. I better smarten up. And he was willing to make the changes, but I wasn't I wasn't ready to have it. I was already done. He had worn me away. And it's like- I It was heard, too little too late. It was. And I hear about this book- Um, And I'm personally, I know what you're talking about, but I've actually never read it. And don't get me wrong. There are definitely moments, and I think it's only natural to have these moments where I do look back and and I think, you know, I wish I would have done, I would have done this differently. Or I wish that I would have, you know, wanted to work at this at this point in time or that I would have been a little bit more easygoing in this situation or in this instance. Um, and, and maybe been able to take some of these key things or take some key things from counseling. Um, because I'll be honest with you, my ex-partner, he wanted to go to marriage counseling. I was the one that, that didn't. So, because I just felt it was, it was too late. It was, it was like we had a vase that had broken and we had taken the three pieces from the ground and glued it back together. Then it broke again and then it broke again. And by the third time it broke, there was 500 pieces. We're not going to glue back together 500 pieces. And so, you know, I I take, I I hear you talk about this book and I think, you know, there's definitely moments where I'm like, I wish I could have applied this or that this could have, you know, gone this way, but it takes so much work. And I don't actually think when you're living it and when you're actually going through day-to-day life and marriage, you don't realize how much work and effort it takes. Totally. Right? Like it's not something I think that each day you get in the car and you drive home from work. You're not like, I'm going home to my spouse. We have a lot to work at. Like we're not thinking like Yeah, that. you're not like, I can't <laughs> wait to make them dinner and we're going to talk about our marriage right? tonight. Like that's, that's not, not how it goes. No, it's not. It's not, um, it's not how it goes. And it's just, it is, you know, there is the, the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah, there really is. And it's not easy. And we're, we are definitely here to say that, you know, for example, you heard us talk about our divorce trips. And yeah, we went to Paris and we flew first class and we did this and we did that. That took a lot of picking each other up off the floor. It was not, there were times where I would sit and bawl my eyes out on TA's couch and she would tell me how it's okay. And she's going to get, we're going to get through this and, and she would teach me things that she had to go through herself and and you do you have to find a support a network of people your tribe so to speak to help you get through it lots of people have been through divorce divorce you're not alone or a hard breakup you're not alone so you know find a hobby think of the stuff that maybe you didn't get to do in the marriage um i know for me that was definitely a bone of contention there was stuff that i wasn't allowed to do or or whatever and that gives you the opportunity to do it make new friends um a little retail therapy helps yeah well 
you know, at the end of the day, I wasn't even really allowed to be friends with you. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I, I was able to, to branch out and, you yeah. know, and uh, we, we were always friends, but we were never able, I was never able to it's have a long this, story. This, well, I was never able to have this close relationship, not this closeness that we have now, but definitely like branch out and do those things that you were held back from and never encouraged or supported to do or never allowed to do. I know with you, one of the biggest things that you just love so much, and it's something that I learned from you and how important it is is to travel and you just love to travel and those were things that were always you were always held back and I think that's why when we talk about our our trip that we took after divorce is why we did go big and we were going to splurge because we were never allowed to or we were never able to those feelings were always suppressed absolutely and you're right that was it you know I feel like I was very honest and upfront about what I needed in a partner and what I wanted out of life. And and you're right, my biggest passion in life is travel. I want to see as much of this world as possible. And, you know, when when I was dating, yep, yep, me too, me too, me too, me too. I've been here. And then, you know, his job was always more important than that. Always, always, always. I'd have to beg I'd beg and beg I'd have to plan everything and and he would agree last minute and then we're paying more money because he would agree last minute and I'd have to beg do you know what I mean and so yeah it it um it was very hard and that's why you're right that's what I did for myself and I don't regret it mm-hmm. yeah no I I know and we never we traveled but we never traveled to the extent like we never went to like Europe or Australia but we were always taking trips to like California and Hawaii but that was because of me that was because I was you'd plan you'd push for it I'd plan I'd push I could never understand why doesn't my husband want to go on a vacation? We, why doesn't he want to go to Maui and stay in a villa for 10 days? Like, what is wrong with this man? Like, I used to have to ask him permission to speak to him. And then when he finally granted me permission to speak to him, I would be like laying out a business plan on like why we should go on this cruise and like look at this video and we could be sitting on the veranda. Like, I'd have to sell it to him. And I look back at that and I think like... Why no. didn't your man want to take you on a holiday? Like, why didn't my husband want to, you know, celebrate our one year anniversary? Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it, it's it not didn't normal. feel normal. But I don't want to say it's not normal because everyone has a different version of normal. But at the end of the day, his version of happiness was a housewife. You were providing that for him. Your version of happiness was getting to go away on these trips to celebrate your anniversaries or do this or go out to freaking white spot. I remember you telling me a story that that was a bone of contention. So why is it that you're doing all this effort to make him happy and he doesn't have to do anything else because he's the man? I don't know. I think that he was just... Ultimately, when I look back, I think that deep down inside somewhere there, there was a disconnect with his love and happiness for him, for his own self. And so therefore he would, he would take it out on me and he would take it out on me that for the most part, I was relatively happy. And like, I talk about how he would like come home and like leave me after I'd cooked and cleaned all day. And he would like run his fingers along and say about the dust. But yet the very next day I was like, but I love him. He's my husband. And I, I, I truly and genuinely did love him. And and I think he knew that. And I think he knew that, that he was like, I'm the man of the house. I'm the provider. I'm going to keep her down here. She's only going to work, you know, like one day a week. And I'm that, therefore she's stuck. She's afraid of me and she loves me so much. Like 
I think he knew that. So he was, it gave him more power almost. Yeah. And there were good times too. You know what I mean? Like for me, I was married for, I keep getting it wrong. I'm like almost six years or almost seven years, almost six years. Um, there were happy times. I mean, the whole six years was not miserable. That would be unfair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in both cases, it was not all his fault. No. And, and it, right? In both cases, you would agree. I would agree. So, you know, it's not easy. And that's our biggest advice to everyone is that what you're going through, you're not alone. No, you're not. It is not easy to make that decision. Don't think that if you feel stuck, you have to make a decision because we're saying there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you don't have to make a decision. You have to do what's right for you and inside your gut and in your heart. Um, find friends. Find someone to talk to. But don't hold it all in. I feel like stress and anxiety and depression will kill you. It is so bad for your body. It's physically taxing. It's hard on your mind. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. Where I am today, I have never been happier, ever, in my entire life. And I'm almost 34 with no kids. I'm not living the life that I necessarily thought I would be today, but I wouldn't take it back for a second. No, and I would definitely have to say that this is the happiest that I have seen you in all of the years that I've known you and um, obviously like our relationship we've been a lot closer the past few years compared to to previous but even in this past year you've dealt with a lot of hard things but yet you've risen above it and you are the happiest that I've seen you and it's so freeing and I think that once you truly learn to forgive that is when you feel that feeling that we are talking about, that freeing feeling and that light at the end of the tunnel feeling. And you will get there. There are moments where it does not feel that way. I have been, I'm gonna be honest, hyperventilating on the ground, bawling my eyes out crying, would give up opportunities to even leave the house and go out with friends. I didn't wanna be around anybody. I didn't wanna go on a date. I didn't even want to get up and go to work. I wanted to stay at home and curl up in bed. That is how bad it got to one moment. And now I am the happiest that I have been and I live the best life ever. And it's just, it's hard, but you will get there. So I feel like this has been a very depressing episode, but I definitely feel like you got to talk about it and there are people out there going through the same thing. So we wanted to shed light. And not only that, we were getting so many questions about our own scenarios and our own divorces. And we put a poll up and you guys wanted to hear about our divorces. So there it is. We talked about it. Um, We definitely want to hear your questions. Feel free to comment on our Instagram page or email us at requestbossbabes at gmail.com. We'd love to to hear your divorce stories, what you've gone through, um, how you rised up to be financially independent, um, independent, a modern woman, a boss babe out there by yourself, 
or maybe you have some tips on how to make a marriage successful. We love hearing stories about people who've been married for 10, 20, 30 years and how they made it work. Um, I definitely wanna share those tips around. I want that for my future, so feel free to share. Again, email us at requestbossbabes at gmail.com and don't forget to go on to our XOXO Boss Babes Instagram, share, rate, review, subscribe to our podcast, And you can now follow us at our new Instagram page at XOXO Beauty Banter. And Beauty Banter is all about beauty, a space that we decided to create because we have so many listeners that are not only female, but male as well. And so an episode like tonight, males would probably like to listen to, not so much beauty. So please head on over and join us there because we cannot wait to share with you our knowledge of the beauty world. Yeah, that's such a good point, um, TA. So as you know, we typically talk about our tip of the week, but what we decided to do was come up with a whole new episode for you each week. We're calling it our XOXO Beauty Banter. It's probably going to come out on Thursdays. We'll keep you posted. Stay tuned. Watch for our Instagram post. We've already recorded our first episode, which will be all about lashes. And uh, stay tuned for that. Follow our Instagram page. Subscribe to it. And uh, don't forget to go listen to your podcast at XOXO Boss Babes and rate, review, subscribe. Five stars. Woo. Love ya. Love ya. You You know know you love love us. us. XOXO Boss Babes.